Technical difficulties abound. We're making it through. All right. You're so good at that stuff. Remember when you went over and reinvented the wheel over at Goar? I don't know what that comes I was thinking here. we should go back there sometime and do that. I reused that memory card and we put a bunch of movies on it for the <laughs> projector now. <laughs> well, I, that's good. Got Super Mario Brothers All and everything right, well, on there. That's cool. That must have only had a lot of memory on it then. I know. It did. It was a 32 gig. So oh, that's we, uh, awesome. All right. Thanks, well, Gregory. We freaked out, but we just reboot. Control, okay. delete. Did Turn it off. Turn it back on again. <laughs> That's fine. I would like to turn myself out and turn See, it back on. Yeah, right. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Get Real. My name is Josh Morgan, aka the Renovating Realtor. And I'm Gavin Townsend, longtime real estate investor with a background in education in the arts turned licensed sale professional. We're two realtors in the western New York area who love talking all things real estate. We cover a wide variety of topics with an aim to educate and entertain you. No matter your role as a buyer, seller, investor, enthusiast, or another real estate professional. You can trust that we're always going to be upfront and honest no matter what topic we're discussing. So listen up and get ready to, to get, get real. Season one, episode 16, we're talking about appraisals versus assessments versus market value and what in the world does all of that mean and how do we look at that and value a home? Exactly. And I think a lot of people get confused and they use them interchangeably. Which I want to give credit, if, you know, right out the gate, I understand what you're talking about. <laughs> It can be difficult because it's absolutely because it's I get it because it's confusing. Yeah, it's not a criticism, but I think it's really important. Um, you know, I'm not so quick to correct and, and chastise. It's just that it's important for everybody, especially sellers and sellers and buyers, really should know what the difference between those three things are. So absolutely. let's break it down a little bit, Josh. So what's an appraisal? We're talking about real estate property appraisal. So an appraisal is usually used by lenders to make sure and secure that the property that they're lending on is worth at least what the loan amount is. Exactly. In other words, is this property and their valuation of the of the property, they do an inspection, they look at a number of things, we're going to drill into that in a second, to see whether or not they're going to loan that money to you to purchase it. Or and I buyer. think it's important to know too that these these folks that do these reports, they, they derive their information from similar sources. Sure, although, like we do when um, we do a CMA. Exactly. Although the numbers may be different, you know, at different times, it, it they derive them from similar methods. And there are different methods that they use, but they're all similar data points that they're using and gathering to get those to get those reports. Kind of like when we run the comps and we do a CMA, you know, they might there might be different things about the property where they go they stretch out farther geographically. Mm -hmm. So sometimes the comps are a little bit different. Maybe it's a multi-home that they're appraising. Maybe it's a log cabin that's really specific. Um, There's a lot of things about those. Very that are interesting. Special. Yeah, an appraisal on that. But they're looking at location. They're looking at the size and the condition. They're looking at the amenities of the property. They're looking at comparable sales in the area. So things that are confirmed, not necessarily those that are pending. Sometimes they'll make the phone call like we do to that professional to say, hey, do you mind telling me what it sold for? Um, and they're looking at the market conditions and thinking about how that's going to withstand. There's other things that go into account too. 
this happens a lot with split level homes or raised ranches or um, you know spaces where there's knee walls and things like that in an attic. Right. It might be usable space to you as the owner, as the seller, or as the seller, whoever that is. Right. But it might not have the same value. It might not contribute the same value. Qualify. Exactly, in the appraisal. So you people, huh, what's that mean? Well, anything subterranean technically is usually not treated as the same value as something that's above ground. You right. got to think about that. So when you've got some very interesting contemporary builds where actually the subterranean floor is completely built out, maybe you've got a bedroom down there and that's great, but does it technically have ingress and ingress? Maybe not. Um, is it technically count for a bedroom? So it's things like that. The way that you use the home versus the way that it's the technicality is, um, that kind of backs into appraisal reports. Well, and I think, too, when the appraisers go through, they probably set this partially due to a standardization to, uh, to assess... I'm using assess, but appraise <laughs> and evaluate. See, I should say it. evaluate. Evaluate different properties across. Yes. Because, okay, so a home has a full basement. It may not be finished, but it is square footage. Is it not? Right. Okay, now this is finished. It's square footage, but it doesn't count. What are we doing here? So, yeah, and that's where people get frustrated and where it gets a little dicey and confusing, you know, because what a lot that of these, means. Because a lot of these modern homes have really expansive basements. Yes, because and of, walkouts and patios. Yep. And, yeah. And a lot of times people talk about, well, about the outbuildings, you know, and what does that attribute? And if you've got something that's fully finished and maybe there's an apartment above a big barn, we see a lot of that in this area and things like that. There are some things that might not, again, contribute to the same or qualify to the same amount of value as the regular floor level of a typical bedroom, typical kitchen. It's going to get some value, but it might not attribute. So we have to be really careful. It was a time in that crazy seller's market on steroids a couple mm -hmm. years ago um, with really low interest rates that everything was appraising. Right. That's not such the case now. In all the meetings that I've been in and we, when we're talking with colleagues around the office, Josh, and regional meetings that I sit in on, people are getting more are getting challenged. And you're seeing actually some um, people actually protesting the appraisal. Um, yep. So we're we're kind of coming back to the back down earth a little bit in that regard. Where it, there was a time where everything appraised and you held your breath and you're like, okay, great, we need this loan to go through. If you're cash, we don't care about the appraisal. That's important. Right, right. Um, but if you're lending money, it's for seller and for buyer to make sure it's going to appraise. Um, so that's a really key thing of what what's it to you and why do we care? Because we want the transaction to move forward. What happens when it doesn't appraise? Yeah, we have a, a series of things that could happen. Mm -hmm. You know, we could have the buyer needing to come up with more money. We could have the seller decreasing the price of the property. Or, you know, I mean, there's a third option that I'm forgetting, is it not? Well, they can negotiate, you yeah. know, and there's these things called appraisal gaps. A lot of times you'll see that somebody, if they're going in with a financed offer on a home and there's been a bidding war, it's oftentimes that the listing agent will then reach out and say, well, how are you going to withstand if there is an appraisal gap? Meaning that your your client's offering $200,000, but what if it only appraises at one ninety? Where's that money coming from? So either right. A, we're going to reduce the price, Seller doesn't always like that. B, the um, buyer's going to kick in the gap, that $10,000. Buyers don't always have that. C, they negotiate. Maybe they meet where it's somewhere in the middle. Um, D, the deal's done or 
where am I? E, (laughs) depending on the lender you're working with, it's not done yet. It ain't over yet. But then there's some, some hard things that go behind the scenes with financing to make that work from a financial perspective. Maybe, uh, you know, you've got a very crafty loan officer that can help you work through that. But but at the end of the day, this also ties into your list price and all those things and what you should be looking at. And this is another reason why a lot of people are like, well, you know, why is cash king? Well, we think we all know the answers as to why cash is king. But even if you've got a financed offer that's up and above cash, um, and somebody maybe takes that cash offer, even if it's at list or a little lower, it's still competitive with the other offers, it's because it doesn't require the bank appraisal. Less problems. So again... Some people say more money, more problems. Yeah. <laughs> but in this, play, in this position, more money, less problems. So that's you know? the thing too. And, and keep in mind too, an appraisal isn't always bank driven. It could be that somebody has done a private appraisal before they go on the market because they're curious and they just don't have a clue. Yeah. Um, or they don't really know what they're buying. Maybe they're going to pay cash, but they're curious to know what the value, especially if it's a kind of a niche... Um, property that has maybe you know farmland or something like that something, something unusual that's difficult to value yes whether it's a livestock or you know exactly a business know. related to the property yeah. you see this a lot in commercial um you know so things like that so it's important you know that you know what the appraisal is and that's how is the appraisal different from our next one josh so you also hear interchangeably appraisal and assessment so we're going with assessment now so appraisal we said was for more bank purposes to so that it makes sure that they're covering their basis assessment is for taxable purposes municipalities use the assessment and we want that to be wrong yeah yep so we want our appraisal to be high we should it's an irish <laughs> verb right? yes it's becomes may an your, irish but may, may your appraisal be high your, your assessments, assessments be low, low and your market value be a guy that shows up with a sack of cash in the middle of the night <laughs> may the sun be shining on your face as <laughs> exactly. your listing goes like to it. market i think we need a t-shirt for that good one josh <laughs> so your assessment is for your municipality and that's how they determine their taxes all municipalities, I would say, are trying to increase their tax role because they all have a levy. And a levy is what they need to raise through property taxes to function as a government entity. Yeah, and so, all those services we have. And that's the disclaimer. When, you're, when your assessment goes up and it's grouchy time for all the homeowners, <laughs> you know, I could use a different word, but, mm-hmm. you know, processing time for all the homeowners. And before you get your pitchforks and torches, you know, they put this disclaimer, just because your assessment has gone up doesn't mean your taxes can go up. And the reason for that is because they can change the rates. Exactly. So, we don't always have a crystal ball on what the rate or the millage rate is going to be. Yep. And so they can change the rates. And so what a big driver of your your tax rates are going to be your school taxes and your town and county taxes, yep. your municipality. And God forbid you live in a village because now you got a village tax. Yep. And so or you've you, got a special assessment. And so your school taxes, you know, around in our area anyways, can range anywhere from 14 to 24 dollars per thousand dollars of assessment and so and that's a very big driver of what drives those taxes and so your taxes can differ you know anywhere from you know two to three hundred dollars a month in our area you know i know people outside of new york state are like that's all i pay in taxes per year (laughs) i know we don't want to hear it from you right now (laughs) 25 acres you know what good for you there's a special place for you good for you (laughs) and again that's a lifestyle choice you know we get services for these taxes we pay we don't have to love them um, you know, I lived in Florida for a long time. We enjoyed really uh, nominal taxes, but did we get all the services and everything that we get? I know we won't go there. That's a whole other episode. That's a whole other topic. Sure but- is. Yeah. So anyways, but assessment is your assessment 
is for taxable purposes only. Yes. And you want that. I mean, like, may your, ta- may your assessment be low. I love them. Now that's <laughs> going to be the Irish proverb in my head all the time, Josh. Thanks We're a lot. We're creating things. But here's what I hear a lot of times, too, where I see some a property, and we've got savvy buyers out there. Thank goodness we do. And they look at the assessment, and they looked up the taxes themselves. They said, well, the assessment's only X amount, and the list price is X amount. And maybe there's a disparity of like $100,000. Okay, by wit, we have to then kind of drill down a little bit. Maybe we're asking the listing agent if it's a for sale by owner, if we actually know because it actually says it in the listing. Did they buy that house as a flip? Did they buy it as a foreclosure? Did they buy it really low and they put all these enhancements and improvements in it and all these things and now they're flipping it or selling it or they were there, they're an owner occupant and did it? So in the time that they've purchased it, They've made such improvements that the market value they believe is going to be this much higher? Yes. So, you know, I get, I kind of tickles me a little bit when I have buyers say, well, the assessment's only $56,000, but the sales price is one hundred and fifty. dollars How can that be? So they've either not been reassessed, they've either made improvements that were not permitted, and when I say permitted, they did not pull a permit for those improvements, and while they have market value, they're not reflected in their tax or their assessment value yeah. because they were not reported. Right. And so usually interior uh, upgrades, you know, are, that aren't reported right. don't reflect on the assessment because an assessor does not come into, at least in our area, into your home right. to say, oh, you got to put granite countertops in here. <laughs> That's 15K right there going up. Right, right. You know, but exterior modifications to your home, decks, porches, roofs, siding, those things, you can drive by. And see them. And see them. They can see you doing them. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So it's things like that. And I know it always becomes a kind of a point of, you know, contention there. Well, how can it be that it's this? They're asking this, that the assessments are there. There's a reason for it, guys. And we always have to look at that as a case-by-case scenario. The other thing, too, that I know, Josh, you do this, too, with your buyers. When, you know, when they're thinking about buying a home and the assessment is X, and the sales price is here, and we think you know it's likely likelihood to sell at that list price or higher. We always warn our buyers. Now, remember, if there's one thing that happens in your state, your taxes are going up within 24 months. You're you are at least in our area within 24 months. Your assessment will catch up to your purchase price. Absolutely. You know. So just be aware of that. And so again, do we know the millage rate at that point in time? No. What we can do is we can call the the county or the municipality's assessor. And we can say, do you have an idea if this does sell at this? I do it a lot with my buyers. If this is to sell at this price, do you know what the estimated taxes might be? And sometimes they can give us an estimate and it really scares us away. Um, but at least it's better to know now and not be surprised. Or sometimes, you know, they feel like, okay, we live in, a, in an area like Stafford, for example. They're not going to raise their assessments, supposedly, for the next four years because yeah. they've had a couple of hefty hikes. You don't know. It's based on the particular area. But... We always have that conversation with our buyers because don't kid yourself, the taxes are likely to go up. And you have to be aware because I think a major disservice, if you're an agent, a major disservice to your clients is not advising them of what happens to their taxes and how assessments are levied. And so if you're not talking to your clients about, hey, heads up, yeah, because if you if you close escrow on a property that's assessed at 124 and they bought it 174 or 180 thousand dollars, your taxes are going to go up considerably. Yeah, sure. Do the math. And Do so, a little algebra there. Yep. And so these figures are mostly available publicly. You can see every municipality's tax rates 
and they will break them down. You can find tax histories on properties. You can do a property search and you can see what the past taxes were for the year, for the current year, and what those rates are. We can take those rates and we can extrapolate and infer what the taxes will be. And we can come up with a payment with, in conjunction with your mortgage consultant and say, are you comfortable with this? Exactly. Because if you're not comfortable with this, don't buy it thinking it's going to be 1200 bucks, you yeah. know, and your taxes go up $400 a month. Or it's not your taxes. I'm sorry. It's your escrow amounts is yeah. what's going to go right. up. Is what's going to go up if you have a mortgage on your property. Just don't be surprised because we're going to warn you. And you know, I have people close to me that used to work in the back end of a bank, and she gets a call every month or every year. You know, when they do the mortgage escrow analysis. I didn't know. You raised my mortgage, and they say, "No, sir, ma'am. No, we didn't. Your taxes went up. We cleared out your escrow account. Now we have to make up for that, and there's a padding, and we have to. You have to." up yeah and so it went up five hundred dollars this is crazy you can't do that and they're like well it's not your mortgage your mortgage right. amount on your loan not has the bank. stayed the same this right. is your municipality yes so if you have equity you can do one of th two things you can keep your escrow and keep them keep it the way it is and pay us that money or you can break out your escrow. You can discontinue to escrow. You can save your money yourself, but you have to set that money aside. And make sure that you do. You just don't. It's tricky. Yeah, because you're going to be you caught. You have to be disciplined. You're going to be caught with your proverbial pants down. Yes. I mean, know. you just don't want that to happen. And it's going to come as a shock to you when your tax bill comes and you just didn't set that money aside and you, you're still responsible for that money. Yeah. And, and then that's where the slippery slope begins. And this is sort of what we are forewarning, voting people that, you know, it's coming. And then this is yep. kind of the route of foreclosures and things like that. So be, keep your head above the sand, understand what's going on, listen to your sales professional, do your due diligence. We you go, have a due diligence period. We go in wise, eyes wise, eyes wide open. Eyes wise yeah. and wide open. <laughs> There's another proverb we for got, you. We go into this full knowing that what is going to happen. That's right. So another way to valuate a home is also um, the market value. So how's that different, Josh, than the appraisal and the assessment? So the market value or you know, a CMA is what we would do more, more so. This is what the agents do to derive a valuation of your home. And we use past sales data and we try to always try to go as little far back as we have to and right. as and as little out radius wise as we can right because we want it to be tight and and um informative and relative to the current market which in this market's changing all the time so i would say in the COVID area era it was probably three months we could go back in this era of the market we could probably go six months back um, that's Depends what I do. Depends on the type of property. That's what I do personally. Yeah. Yep. And then usually, you know, you, you put in your, your criteria and see what it comes back with. And then you can, based on location, say, okay, that house is near here. It's similar in criteria. We're going to include that. And then this house is not, we're excluding that. Right. And then we make adjustments for this has got an extra bedroom or maybe this has an, you, you are less a half bath. It sounds a little similar to the appraisal. It's the location, it's the size and condition again, the amenities, the comparable sales and the market conditions. So, you know, it's not so off that the appraisal and the market value you know, but because of the market and what we are in and people are using escalation clauses and they're emotionally buying and they're also buying out of necessity, death, diapers, divorce, et cetera, all of that. Yeah. They need a house. They need a roof over the head and they have the, the, the 
the substance to do so, the backing to do so, they'll pay that. And that's why we were saying they might be willing to pay 195 but if the appraisal only comes in at 190 then what? And they might still say, I don't care, I want it. I got the house over my head, I love it. I'll chip in the five grand. Would you say that sometimes an appraisal can be more objective as opposed to our market values yes. may sometimes be more subjective? I agree. I think we that's put, a really good distinction, Josh. We, we may at times, because appraisers may not always have their finger on because they operate in such a wide area. Yeah, they don't care that the closet, the there's blue carpet and that there's, you or know, not, not that the cosmetic stuff. Not that they don't care. They may not know that area so much. They just go by the data. Sure. And so if you go strictly by the data, now you're starting to get into more of the investor world, right? Yes. The dry part of it. Like Very. Numbers, figures, square foot, times dollars. Here's your appraisal. You're right. And, and I think that's a good distinction. You know, and, you know... Martin, Gavin's really good at this. She can get in touch with her feelings of the market, and I'm so not, but she's getting me there, and she's pulling well, it out of me. The only, and you have to be both, truth be told, but you the reason do. why you have to have your heart strings tugged once in a while. It's not sensitivity I'm going at. It's just the mark, what is the market doing, and exactly. how are people feeling? Right, and we might get back to the other way, and then that's all useful numbers and all that again, too, but yep. it's all about, if people are buying out necessity, because they need a house or they've lost out on so many offers because they weren't eating your advice, it gets to the point where everyone's exhausted. Yep. So someone's got to come in there and say, listen, if this is the house and it checks 90% of the boxes, put the price in there and the terms and conditions to get the offer in there and get it done with. If not, then we need to adjust our search altogether. Don't feel bad for the house because if you're not going to pay for that and your Uncle Sam says, I wouldn't pay for that and Aunt Vera says that too, don't feel bad because someone else will. And so as I was saying, your agent may throw some subjectivity in there because they have their ear to the ground and they know what's going on. Yes. They have a better drop on what's happening they know whether the listings are decreasing or increasing and based on that we can probably get away with throwing an extra five thousand dollars on the top yes because i know that there's closings coming up five closings coming up through my colleagues they say i have five properties closing well if there's only 26 properties in your whole county <laughs> yeah. and five of them are closing there you go so you have 21 houses Half of which are in your price range. Half of those are even worth looking at. Do the math. You know, so we what's went from the likelihood? Six. You have six houses to choose from. And what's your time frame? Six houses to choose from. Yep. This is where the price is. And so, if you have six houses to choose from, and that's your audience, and you have how many buyers? Four thousand buyers in this area looking for a home like that. You've got a lot of competition. You have something. Yeah. And we're gonna price that accordingly. Yeah. And so, people buyers may not like it. Yeah, it is what it is. It is what it is, and it's it's supply and demand. Yes. Period. There are far more buyers out there. I don't care what you say about interest rates. Well, I'll say it again for the third time in recording today. <laughs> it, it, it's it's buying and selling out of necessity, death, diapers, divorce, and all these things that happen in lifestyle changes. Someone always is going to have to. They have a need to purchase a home. And if you're a seller and you've got something somebody wants and there's far more other people out there that want it, and you're holding the golden goose over here, guess what? It's a premium. It's You've old school it. supply and demand. Now, I'm not suggesting and I'm not uh, promoting that sellers have to take advantage and really crank it because I see examples of listings sure. like that. And I'm like, really? Come on. Yep. But again, back to one of our previous episodes, pricing it right and see, let the market determine. 
Um, it takes just one person to decide that, you know, especially if it's a cash offer, they're not beholden to a bank. They want to waive the inspections. They want to do that. They want to come in and pay $200,000 for your $150,000 house, but they want to pay cash. They want to do it yesterday, and, this, and the terms and everything lines up for buyer and seller. Guess what? That was the market value of that home. And so I'm thinking in my head, and I'm smiling and kind of chuckling to myself, because in one fell swoop, when we when we are able to evaluate something like this, we're also creating our agony on the buyer's side ourselves. And, it's all, and that's it. You know, it's funny. A lot of times, Josh, you know, talked to me about this. We were talking about this at our regional meeting the other day. <laughs> How many times do people come up to you, the public at large, oh, you guys must be loving this? No, we're not. Can you imagine? Do you know how many buyers we're working with yeah. and, and, and how much gas we're putting in the car and we're running around? We're doing our very best to serve our buyers that are in agony, that they're they're missing out on this offer, they're missing out on that offer. And it's and I one thing I don't like is that they, they missed, you know, they they lost that one. Well, it wasn't yours to lose. You've got to put the competitive offer in there. But if you don't have the financial wherewithal and there's just something holding you back that I'm not paying fifty thousand dollars over the list price, well guess what? Then we need to change our search criteria. Yeah. So when we are working with buyers, which we always are, no we don't love this. We would love to see a much more balanced market because it's fierce and it's ferocious and it's exhausting for the buyers. We see what they're going through. It sticks us on us emotionally. Well sometimes it keeps us up at night, you know and Oh my God. Like, Oh, I really want this person to get this house because we've been working together for so long, and I think that and I put everything into this, <laughs> and so have they. So has yeah. our so has our buyers, and you know we need this to, to end for them so that they can have peace now. And but it's just we're, we're getting there, but we're not there yet. Yeah, it's goal. We want to com complete the mission. Absolutely. You know, but so no, we don't love it. You know, we don't love it, and that's why it's even more of a challenge and a triumph when we do under, go under contract and um, get our buyers into their home because there's nothing more rewarding than that. Yeah, we love to see under contract. We don't count our chickens for before they're hatched at no, all. No, you can be midstream and it goes pie-shaped. Midstream? I mean, you can be all the way <laughs> Up to the and down end, all around. All kind of an indication of, of how that transaction is going to go if it's rough in the beginning. Not yep. always, but you just don't know. Yeah, and there's things we can do to make sure that it goes, you know, swimmingly as possible. But, you know, getting back to the valuations, yes, they differ. Uh, yes, they're for different purposes. And, um, but they're all a way to bring a number to a property so that you can use it for whatever purpose it is. And so, like we said, may, you know, may your appraisal be high, may your assessment be low. <laughs> and may your, may your market value be a guy that shows up with a sack of cash in the middle of the night exactly. with no appraisal. Exactly. You got it. So we hope that makes sense, guys, because we know they get used interchangeably. They're all really three important concepts and things that must happen. And it's important that you understand them. So if you have questions, don't hesitate to reach out to us. We want to really make sure that we're always considering each of those valuation points when we're considering a home. And while you, when you talk, when we, you, the buyers or sellers are speaking with people in the public, you know, we want you to be informed as well. That's right. You know, and we want Part you to the be education. Like, yeah. We want you to be savvy, you know, and know the, and know the difference so that when someone says, well, you know, I was looking at this house, but you know, the assessment's only this and they're asking for that. And I'm like, it just doesn't make sense. And Let's like, talk about it. Hey, why doesn't it make sense? Or where you're seeing few and be far between in this market, you're actually seeing in some cases where the assessment is higher than the sales price. 
ding, ding. What does that mean, Josh? What could that mean? I mean, we always have to pick up the phone and have a conversation with it. I mean, there might be a problem. There might be a problem with that property. They're upside down. Yeah. Uh, it, the condition is, and then look at the financing options right away. Well, I mean, I <laughs> is it cash only? There might be a situation with that, you I know. Personally, I've gone through that. You know, someone I think had bought the house that I had that I lived in for $150,000 and that was in like 08. Well, we all know what happened. Yes, unfortunately. We all know what 08. happened in 08. Mm-hmm. And so then, you know, years later I bought that house for 80,000. Yep. There you go. Did it need work? Yes, it needed work. Yeah. So everybody, and a lot of times you know, the out case. there, don't be quick to say, well, oh my God, I would kill for that deal. And I'm like, yeah, I'm still putting money into that house. Sure. <laughs> sure. But if you're the type of buyer that's up for that challenge, yeah. there's, there's an opportunity. There are no deals in this market, quite frankly, because there isn't the inventory. Yeah. You do a deal, but you don't get it. Right. There is no deal. Right. Not, but know, for like, someone that really has the wherewithal, the passion, the drive, the financial ability, maybe the skill set to get in there and do something like that, maybe. It's not what I want to see, but maybe we're going to see more properties like that popping up or the double. You know, a lot of times you'll see the assessment and the appraisal on a duplex or a multifamily be less than that of a single family home. That's a whole other episode, too. But there's an opportunity there for buyers that got to get in the house. I'm tired of paying rent. I want to develop equity. I'm up to this challenge. There's an opportunity to look where the assessment is. Maybe for some reason the market value is is below that, and then you have an opportunity. Well, and there's different methods to derive value too, especially when you talk about the investment properties, Gavin. You know, Big time. We're, we're talking about income deriv- derivatives, right? Yeah. You know, you're saying we're talking about cap rates. We're saying, okay, so this is this is the income you can pull off of this property, and yeah. so really economically or business savvy wise, you're saying. Okay, if I can pull this much income out of that property, really, based on this set of assumptions or numbers, it might be worth more than what they're, you know, exactly for it. So if you're up for that, not everybody's an investor type and not everybody wants to be an owner-occupied multifamily, although I think there's so many pluses to that and I think we've talked about it. Maybe we need to drill into that in another episode. If you're up for that and you're up for being a landlord, there's a huge opportunity there. Opportunity. And that's the word I was getting at, right? And was going to use. There's opportunities and everything out there. Uh, You just have to have the the vision in mind to see it and, and, you know, have that plan. That's right. For that property. So we hope we've demystified appraisals versus assessments versus market value. But reach out for us with any other questions you might have about this or other anything else real estate related. Yeah, and if you're looking to sell your house, we can certainly help you out with a, with a comparative market analysis. Absolutely. It's one of those fun things we like to do. Um, you know, we can look at the numbers, but we also have a really sophisticated system by which we can develop a comprehensive market analysis for you and discuss that with you. We know that sellers always have a number in their head. Sure. <laughs> so it's kind of like, show me yours, I'll show you mine. And we use and we talk about that. And yeah. again, it's about what the motivation of a seller is. Um, what's your time frame? Do you have to sell? Do you not have to sell? There's all these other things that go into that. But of course, we're going to talk about things like a assessment, appraisal, and market value. I think it's always worth having the conversation. If you're on the fence about selling your house, I think it's always worth having the conversation. Go visit some people, call some folks, call us, and we'll definitely be able to to go over those with you. We'd love to. Absolutely. Sounds great. Okay. Well, make sure, if you haven't already, to catch us out where... Listen to us anywhere you catch your podcast. Yeah. And follow us on social as well. That's the Get Real Estate Podcast on Instagram and on Facebook. And you can also email us at the Get 
realestatepodcast at gmail.com. I got to practice that. I'm, every time I try it, and I'm like, yeah, Gavin, do it. Gavin, what, do, what do we got? What's our social? We just want to remind you all to keep it real. Listen in. Let us know what your questions are, your burning questions, so we can help you out and maintain this great free resource for you. All right, folks. This was a quick one today, but I hope it's brought some clarity to this, this topic. Um, and like Gavin said, let us know. Yeah. Awesome. Take keep care. it real. Thank you for tuning in with us today. We hope to see you next time. We're going to be doing this a lot more, so to be sure to leave us a review and a rating as it lets us reach more people and lets us know how we're doing. We hope you're doing well. Cheers until next time. Thank you.